Need to get your football fix on all things Army, Navy, and Air Force? This is Yards and Stripes Service Academy Football. Now, here's your host, Price Atkinson. Our final Yards and Stripes podcast of the season starts now. I'm your host, Price Atkinson. We got a lot to do on our final episode of the season and what a season it has been for Army, Navy, and Air Force. Obviously capped by these bowl games the past couple weeks, Army and Air Force getting a couple big victories in thrilling fashion uh, for both the Midshipmen and the Falcons. We clearly know that the Commander-in-Chief trophy captured by the Midshipmen this season. Uh, We got a lot to just kind of recap and unpack from the campaign. I'm excited to do this one, especially with our feature guest this week, Jamel Carruthers, the sophomore fullback for the Navy Midshipmen who burst on the scene midway through the season and did not look back as he just brought a new dimension and dynamic to that Navy offense along with Malcolm Perry who everybody knew uh, what he could do but Jamel Carruthers exciting conversation uh, to get to catch up with him and as the sophomore now going to kind of turn the page get ready for that junior year next year what's he going to do to work on improve also had a couple quick hitting questions for him favorite meal at, at King Hall favorite place to chill what was his toughest class some a fun conversation with Jamel Carruthers so we'll bring you that here in just a little bit you obviously know the Travis Manion Foundation honor roll segments coming up the way we conclude every episode here of Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy football by honoring and remembering a fallen hero, one that has given the ultimate sacrifice to our country. We will do that towards the end of the podcast. And also, we will take a look back at the season that was, but especially these bowl games with the Cheez-It Bowl Air Force winning uh, against Washington State and then Navy, the thriller over Kansas State in the Liberty Bowl. So we'll go ahead and do that right now. Again, as our final episode of Yards and Stripes this season takes flight, here we go. Hut, hut, hike! All right, we're going to start our bowl recaps out in Phoenix in the Cheez-It Bowl, where the number 24 Air Force Falcons taking on Washington State out of the Pac-12 and Air Force getting a 31-21 victory over Mike Leach's Cougars, a game that came down to the last few minutes of the fourth quarter before Caden Remsburg put it out of reach on a fourth down carry, diving for the pylon. Air Force gets the win, finishes the season with seven straight victories. There are 11 wins, second only to the 12-win campaigns for the Falcons in 1985 and 1998. But boy, what a football game it was. And it was a game that came down to, honestly, it really came down to a couple fourth-down plays that that one team did not make and another team did. And the team that didn't make them was Washington State, as they were 2 of 5 in the football game uh, on fourth downs. But two of those stops came inside the red zone, and it started early on the Cougars' first possession as they drove inside uh, the three, the five-yard line But boy, a big stop there as Air Force keeps them out of the end zone and keeps the score 0-0. Big pivotal moment here, first drive, fourth and two. They're 11 of 17 this year on fourth down. Shotgun Gordon, he'll be there all night. Borgie to his left, Borgie gets the handoff, tries the right side, and does he get in? He does not get in! Air Force stops him at the one-yard line! 
Air Force would get on the board to start the second quarter. It was the first play of the second quarter, but it was the 20th play of a drive. Donald Hammond Jr., who scored two touchdowns, or Donald Hammond third, excuse me, who scored two touchdowns in the ballgame, his first of which came from one yards out, capping a 20-play, 98-yard drive, 12-23 off the clock, folks. And yes, in this game, Air Force did set a Cheez-It Bowl record in time of possession, keeping the football 43 minutes in 24 seconds in the football game. The Cougars would come right back on their next possession on an Anthony Gordon touchdown pass, but Jake Conkey puts home a late field goal that gives Air Force a 10-7 lead. <clears throat> but Air Force getting the ball right back, and Taven Bordeaux uh, scores from three yards out, uh, giving Air Force a 17-7 lead. But it was not done yet. Uh, Anthony Borgie hauls in a five-yard touchdown pass from Anthony Gordon, the, the record-setting quarterback for the Cougars. He That makes the score at halftime 17 to 14, but Donald Hammond the third, the only score of the third quarter, and it belonged to Air Force. 24 to 14 on a seven yard touchdown run. This one capping a 13 play, 75 yard drive uh, for the Falcons. But the, the Cougars were not done. Brandon Arcanado. A 13-yard pass hauled in from Anthony Gordon that makes the score 24-21. to But a big stop on fourth down uh, by the Cougars or by the Air Force defense. Another big stop uh, keeps the ball in Air Force's hands, and they they will take the ball the length of the field. But here's how that fourth down stop sounded in the second half. Three, here we go. Borgie next to Gordon. Hands to Borgie, left side. He's not going to get there. The Falcons able to knock him back. A great surge by Air Force. And once again, the audio courtesy of the Air Force Radio Network, play-by-play voice Jim Arthur, who does a fantastic job on the call. That one gave Air Force the ball back, and that one gave Air Force the ball as they would go 10 plays, 60 yards in 6.09, capped by this Caden Rimsburg three-yard touchdown run, diving for the pylon. That was reviewed, but it was called a touchdown. Fourth and goal at the Washington State three. Air Force one for one on fourth downs. Here we go. Pro set in the backfield. Fake to the fullback. Pitch it left side. Rimsburg dives. Does he get in? He held the ball out. Touchdown Air Force. He held the ball out as he got to the goal line. And that went on fourth down. You'll hear from Troy Calhoun in just a minute. But Rimsburg, uh, who you'll also hear from, big play there in the game that gave Air Force a 10-point lead with under four to go. And Air Force hangs on for the win. Here is what Caden Rimsburg had to say about that fourth down conversion, diving for the pylon uh, that was the difference in the game. I knew I had to get in, so um, I was going to do everything I could to get in, you know, do it for my teammates. You know, we had to we had to win this game um, and just it was all on the line. So I had to I had to get in the end zone. I got I got these great uh, blockers up front. You know, all, all my linemen are putting putting in work every single play. And the, the guys on the edge, um, they're, they're letting me get out there. They're, they're the reason for um, my success today. Oh, yes, definitely. You know, Taven had a great game. Um, you know, everybody, everybody just balled out when we needed them to. So it was, it was awesome. 
just a marvelous effort by the Air Force defense holding Washington State to just 366 yards, only 15 rushing yards for the Cougars in the game. Anthony Gordon had a solid outing throwing for 351 yards and three touchdowns, but ultimately the difference was those uh, fourth down conversions that they could not convert inside the red zone. Uh, afterwards, Grant Donaldson, this audio courtesy of Falcon Vision, he talked about those two fourth down stops and how big those were for the Falcon defense. Oh, it was absolutely incredible. You know, I'm super proud of the, the whole defense, you know, especially the seniors leading us out. Um, you know, we have to step up, too, as, uh, as like, not the seniors, but uh, overall, I'm just really proud of everyone. Um, we did a great job. I couldn't have done it without them, so... Uh, yeah, they were definitely a very good offense. Um, we prepared a lot for them. We watched a lot of film. We had the whole week here. Um, so we made sure that we were preparing, uh, especially for, for the throwing offense. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just super proud of, of the whole team pretty much. Uh, you know, there was a, you know, we just ran our play, you know, did our thing. Um, and I'm just super proud, like, again, of the defense. Um, couldn't have done it without them. Um, and I'm just, I'm just so excited, so happy about it. Grant Donaldson from the Air Force defensive side of the football. Uh, let's hear from head coach Troy Calhoun. Here's what he had to say just about the teamwork, the fourth down stops, uh, really setting the tone and the decision, you know, and going for it on fourth down on that Rimsburg touchdown run. I mean, just all the the factors and all three, you know, all three all three capacities uh, in terms of the way contributions were made, and uh, you know, it's kind of hard to pick an MVP, quite honestly, just because we had so many guys that made, you know, just the. They were factors, yeah. and uh, and yet collectively, when you add it up, I just you know the synergy and just really the teamwork of this group's been extraordinary. I think absolutely, you think of the first drive uh, to come up with the stop, uh, and then on that that first drive there or the drive there uh, on the fourth quarter coming up with right. the key stop, yeah. you know on fourth and two. I mean those were two huge huge, uh, you, you, and then you know offensively being able to make some first downs that initial drive was vintage. I don't think you know really it wasn't uh and i say that from the standpoint if for some reason you don't convert they still have to go 97 yards right. that was you know one of the considerations if you kick a field goal you're still up six right. with what four minutes left uh where they have an opportunity where a touchdown goes ahead and uh you know it was a chance maybe to put a little bit of a nail per se uh in the game what a season for the Falcons, finishing with seven straight wins, a 31-21 victory over Washington State for number 24 Air Force, their 11th win of the season, a fantastic turnaround for Troy Calhoun's Falcons. Our other game from Bowl Week involving the Navy Midshipmen in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl on New Year's Eve and the number 21 Midshipmen, they finished the season also on the winning note. Three straight wins to end the 2019 campaign, defeating Kansas State in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl 20-17 to in a thriller as Navy caps the greatest turnaround in college football hit well this season uh, as they finish 11 and two after going just three and ten a year ago so the Navy midshipmen and Ken Niamatololo they turned things around in a big big way and it was a game in which Malcolm Perry became the NCAA all-time leader uh, in single season 
rushing yards by a quarterback. Most yards rushing by a quarterback in a single season as Malcolm Perry broke Jordan Lynch's record of 1,920 yards, Perry finishing his career with 2,017 yards as he ran for a game-high 213 yards in the game, second most in Liberty Bowl history en route to being named the game's MVP. Let's tell you how it happened as Navy got on the board first with a Bijan Nichols 21-yard field goal in the first quarter. Uh, But the first time that Kansas State would find the end zone, it was not their offense. The only time they found it in the football game, it was a Phillip Brooks 66-yard punt return. Kansas State known for their special teams play this season, and they got a big one early in the second quarter as they went ahead 7-3. to three. But Malcolm Perry throws a 27-yard touchdown pass to – to the Hawaiian, uh, Keone Cordell Makiaku, 9.31 on the clock left in the second quarter. That gave Navy the lead. They would not give up the lead, even though Blake Lynch knocked in a 39-yard <clears throat> field goal just before halftime as the teams went to the break tied. Navy squandered a couple opportunities uh, in the football game. Uh, they outgained uh, Kansas State 421 to 170 in total yards of offense and held the ball uh, for 36 minutes, but they just could not find the way uh, to really finish off Kansas State in a, at a couple of key times. But they take the lead again uh, in the third quarter. Ten minutes to go in the third. Chance Warren, a 20-yard touchdown run, capping a someplace 75-yard drive. But Kansas State, they do come back. <clears throat> Skylar Thompson, I told you they didn't find the end zone. I was wrong. I, I completely forgot. Skylar Thompson, uh, the quarterback keeper, one-yard touchdown run. That was the only time that the Kansas State offense found the end zone. And that was five minutes left to go in the game. That tied it, uh, but Navy facing a fourth down and three at their own 46-yard line, and Coach Kenny Amatololo uh, decides to dial up a, a trick play, if you will, the Navy special. Here's how it sounds, courtesy of the Navy Radio Network. Tie the school record. Perry pitches it. It's a throw. Williams got a man. Warren Chance has it. It's on the 10. At the 5. they got to get down the field. they got to get down the field and spike the ball. And that pass, 41 yards from C.J. Williams to Chance Warren. 41 yards on 4th and 3, down to the Kansas State 2-yard line. Talk about a roll of the dice, folks. And it paid off with 10 seconds to go. Navy then spikes the ball uh, to stop the clock. And Bijan Nichols comes out to try the game-winning field goal from 21 yards out. Here's how it sounded, courtesy of Pete Medhurst, the play-by-play voice of the Navy midshipmen. 28-yard field goal to try and tie the school record for victories for the left. Eifert a snap. Osborne holds out the hand. Snap back, ball down, kick on the way, and the kick is good! There you have it, Navy getting a thrilling 20-17 win. Of course, that's how you would expect it to end. On a Navy halfback pass, unbelievable as clock the clock winding down, and they decide to dial up the trickery. Here's what Coach Ken Niamatololo had to say after the football game, specifically about his team uh, and about the trick play. Everything that's happened this year is not surprising to me because they paid the work. They did the work. They paid the price. 
They did everything that was asked of them, and I couldn't be more happy of a group of, for a group of young men. Just really happy for them. Tough, hard-fought win against a really good team. And but it's like I told our guys, we got a good team too. Well, it's great execution by our guys, you know. So we gave them two plays. Um, but I was hoping we would have got the first down. I didn't, you know. I was like, okay, if we don't get the first down, we're gonna we're gonna throw a halfback pass. But I was hoping we got the first down, so we wouldn't get to that. And when we didn't get it, I was like, oh crap. Um, but Malcolm took some time off, you know. So you know, he showed great composure and just you know doing it in the cockback because obviously we didn't want to give them the ball back there because they could drive down and get in field goal range. So he calmly milked, you know, milked some time off. CJ threw a great ball and chance came up a big catch. You know what I mean? And so um, our defense played phenomenal the whole time. Uh, I thought they played great and to come with that last drive. You know. Is a testament to these guys here to the right. Thank you so much. You know, we talk about things. Coach O'Rourke, one of our um, line coaches, he's a really good coach. He had suggested it on third down, but I didn't want to run it on third down because I want to get the first down and I want to get more um, plays. And I don't know if it was a smart thing to do. Sometimes you just go with your gut. <laughs> you know, and you have all this analytic stuff and you look at all these sheets, but. Sometimes you just got to go with your gut and kind of roll with it. And if we didn't get it, Chet wouldn't be too happy with me right now. But fortunately, our guys executed well. And you know, like I said, I mean, it's, it's, sometimes you take gambles, man, and I, I can't explain it. There, it. there wasn't anything like a report or something that said this is the time to do it. Just We just did it. What a turnaround for the midshipman, Ken Niamatololo, making those offseason changes, and they paid off in a big way. C.J. Williams, man of the moment with that pass, 41 yards to Chance Warren uh, late in the game. Here's what C.J. Williams had to say about Malcolm Perry, a guy that, of course, Navy fans are not going to forget anytime soon what it was like to play with C.J. and just or with Malcolm and how humble he is. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a great player. He's someone I definitely look up to to try to mold myself into, like, the leadership roles that he has and the leadership style that he has. I think they they just brought something completely different that made our, made our team a lot closer. And so, like, for, for Malcolm, I just feel like he, like, like Coach said, a player that we were really counting on to be able to be selfless and to not to deflect like coach said just it, it made our team really close that I, I think that's what uh, led to our success this year that was navy uh halfback cj williams coach Niam Niamatololo also talked about the humbleness of malcolm perry immediately following the game in the post-game press conference here's what he had to say i mean he'll go down in history one of the best quarterbacks that ever played at the naval academy and obviously the no other quarterback has rushed for more yards than he has. I mean, that in and of itself, I mean, been playing football for a long time. And for him to be at the top, I mean, it's, I mean, he's an incredible football player. But more than any of that, I think all these guys will say he's such a humble kid. And when you have guys like that, that he's such an elite athlete and elite player, but he doesn't call for any special attention on himself, that he's always deflecting praise and honor and, you know, he's such a team guy that makes your team like this. And that's when I knew we were special because our guy that, you know, we're counting on to do some things, he's always deflecting things to the defense, to the A-backs, to the O-line. 
Uh, he recognizes that he doesn't do it by himself, but uh, he's a super talented, talented player, but he's even a better person. Such a great young man. Just a special night for Navy as they cap the season with a 20-17 victory over Kansas State to finish 11-2 as Navy will finish in the top 25 for only the third time in the last 56 years. So congratulations to both Navy and Air Force on winning their respective bowl games, the Cheez-It Bowl and the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. All right, when we come back, speaking of Navy, we will talk with Jamel Carruthers. Jamel Carruthers, uh, the sophomore out of Bowling Green, Kentucky, emerged on the scene mid midway through the campaign for Navy. Excited to bring you that conversation with him. You won't want to miss it. It's coming up next here on Yards and Stripes. In 2007, Marine First Lieutenant Travis Manion was killed in Iraq after saving his wounded teammates. Travis's legacy lives on through the five words he spoke before leaving for his final deployment. If not me, then who? Words that today fuel the spirit of Travis Manion Foundation. Words that live in veterans, families of the fallen, and inspired civilians who go out of their way to find a way, who help others with the help of others, who bounce back after each setback, who make good on good intentions. Through Travis Manion Foundation, if not me, then who are words that can live in you too. Show the world what your character is made of because character is invisible until it's not. Find out how you can strengthen the character of your community alongside empowered veterans, families of the fallen, and inspired civilians at travismanion.org. That's travismanion.org. The latest with Navy, Army, and Air Force on Yards and Stripes Service Academy football. Here again is Price Atkinson. All right, welcome back into Yards and Stripes. Our uh, season wrap-up here is we're talking about the Navy midshipmen and certainly Air Force getting wins in both their bowl games. We're going to talk more about the midshipmen right here with Jamel Crothers, uh, the sophomore fullback or also known as a B-back in Navy's offense and the pride of Bowling Green, uh, Kentucky, and the Bluegrass. Jamel, what a season for you guys. Congratulations, obviously capping an 11-2 campaign with the win over Army, winning that Commander-in-Chief trophy, which is the goal for you guys, and then obviously just the 20 to 17 thriller in the Liberty Bowl uh, against Kansas State. Yes, thank you. Uh yeah, it was a great season. We're happy with what we did and uh we're we're proud that our hard work paid off. You know, what what was it like for you this year because obviously your journey, I know it's been documented uh you know many times, you know, just uh you know, you you played on the junior varsity team last year and that's where you started this season this year uh before obviously uh you know getting noticed in practice, making some big plays and man, then you get an opportunity. What's just this, you know, you look back on this journey. What's it been like for you this season? Um it was it was different. I mean, coming from high school, I was a I was a running back in the spread offense and then moving to be back was an adjustment, but it, I knew it was something I could do. And I just try to come to practice every day with a smile on my face and ready to learn. So every day was uh, was a new journey, and uh, I was excited to get out there and play when, when my number was called. Yeah, you know, obviously, you know, you attend a service academy. You're incredibly smart and savvy. Uh, but I was reading where, you know, Navy assistant coach and, and, and B-backs coach Jason McDonald talked about how you came into that fullback room and it just picked up the volume of things so quickly. What made that position change and transition uh, to a B-back and fullback so easy and natural for you? 
Um, I just feel like the, all the help I got from my coaches and players, I mean, all the people in the room that were already there and knew what was going on, they helped me to the best of their ability. And uh, I learned a lot from going out there and running plays every day. You know, I was looking at uh, some stuff a little bit earlier uh, this week and, and, and this morning. You know, obviously you played at Bowling Green High School, and it was that sophomore season uh, where you got your first start and you ran for, what, over 330 yards, four touchdowns as a sophomore uh, in a win over Owensboro. And, you know, again, as a sophomore, you get your first start this season and, and you rush 14 times, 154 yards and three touchdowns. You know, the win, I believe that was against Tulane. Uh Ironic that that last senior year at Bowling Green High School, 14 touchdowns in this year in your first season, 14 touchdowns. Some eerily similar things of just what was a, a record-setting campaign for you this year, but especially you know, the pride of Bowling Green High School where you were State Player of the Year, Gatorade State Player of the Year, and Mr. Football by the AP in 2016. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's pretty funny that that happened both in my sophomore years, but uh, I didn't really draw any comparison to it. I was just trying to work as hard as I could sure. and uh, help my team get wins. You know, I, the the win that you wanted, obviously, uh, was that win over Army because knowing that the, the number one goal at a service academy is to win the Commander-in-Chief trophy. And, you know, going back to that win over Army, you had maybe the I mean, many big plays in the game there were, but maybe the biggest play of that game from a momentum standpoint was that the, the, the Navy special, Chance Warren's halfback pass to you with six seconds left in the first half, giving you guys at 14 to 7 lead going in you know to the halftime break my big question for you on that one is how long did it feel like that ball was in the air before it finally dropped in your lap uh, it felt like forever but I knew the chance was going to make a good throw so I just had to make sure I was in bounds when the ball came to me and make a play that I had to make you know, another trick play in that bowl game, uh, C.J. Williams to chance setting up that game-winning field goal. How much is how much fun? People think about the triple option that's simply ground and pound, chew up the clock, and a lot of it is. But, you know, there's so many different wrinkles to this offense. I know Coach uh, Nehemiah brought in uh, Billy Ray Stuntsman in the offseason, worked on some more passing concepts out of the run and shoot. You know, how much fun is this offense to play in? It's it's very fun. I mean, you learn something new every day, and uh, it's a way to catch your opponent off guard. I mean, when we run this offense correctly, no one can stop it, and it's just up to us to execute it to the best of our ability. You know, getting to go to the White House this spring for the first time, winning the Commander-in-Chief trophy for you, you know, how excited are you for that experience? And also, you know, for the firsties, uh, you know, on this team, that get to go out this way, you know, with the win over Army, but, but getting to celebrate that Commander-in-Chief trophy this way. Yeah, it's a great feeling. Knowing that they didn't have a win uh, over Army before that, and they're going to go out this way is a great feeling. Uh, I'm super proud of those guys, and they led us the whole way. All right, as we continue with Jamel Carruthers, the 5'9 sophomore, be back out of Bowling Green High School in Kentucky. Um, you know, Jamel, spring semester is underway for you guys. I know uh, getting back to the grind academically, um, you know, with spring practice probably going to be here really, really soon in the blink of an eye. You know, away from the field, what are some of Jamel Carruthers' goals, you know, when it comes to, you know, the classroom, uh, you know, in, uh, in your company? You know, some things you've got that you want to focus on and concentrate on with goals this spring away from the field uh definitely the main one would be to keep my grades up while football season is not going on I mean there's a, a lot more time that I have that I can focus on school and working out so 
I'm going to do that and then try to become a better leader in my company because there's uh, plebes under me, and I want to uh, set the right example for them. All right, a couple quick hitters for you um, real quick uh, on the way out the door, Jamel. What's your favorite meal in, in, in King Hall? My favorite meal in King Hall is definitely Buffalo Chicken Sandwich. <laughs> what about the most challenging class you've taken so far at the Academy? I would say Calculus 3. What about your favorite place or the best place for you to chill and relax off the yard? Definitely my sponsor's house. I mean, most people would say that, but, yeah, I believe it's my sponsor's. What about your uh, – what's maybe a favorite saying or, or, or thing that Coach Nehemiah does? My favorite thing that Coach Nehemiah does is uh, the, when he addresses the team, uh, you can just tell that he means it. Uh, he's, a, he's a great coach and a great guy, and you can tell when he's talking to us, it comes from the heart. All right, being from the bluegrass, I'm sure you get asked all the time, UK or U of L? UK. First thing you'll do once back in Bowling Green for a visit this spring or summer? Hang out with family. All right, last question. Uh, you know, amazing season for you, Jamel. You know, when you close your eyes at bed and just kind of you know, think about this personal journey, what's maybe one moment uh, or play or, or feeling that just stands out to you that you kind of smile about before dozing off? Um, definitely the two lane game. It was the, the uh, one of the first times I got a lot of action in the game, and uh, we were able to put a lot of points on the board and scored three touchdowns in the first quarter. So that was a, that was definitely a great feeling, and we we came out that game with the win. Well, Jamel, it's been a pleasure and an honor to watch you play, and and certainly your service. Uh, you know, to the country, going to begin in a few years, but obviously is a midshipman right now at the academy from Bowling Green High School in Kentucky. Just congratulations on the 11-2 and campaign, just bursting on the scene. It's been so much fun. Good luck this spring and, and hope to see you soon, Jamel. Thank you so much. Again, Navy sophomore Jamel Carruthers bursting on the scene this year, giving Malcolm Perry, taking s- some pressure off him, if you will, you know, to carry the football as Navy finally has found, you know, that really that explosive B-back that they had been searching for for the last couple of years. But, you know, really a fun conversation with Jamel Carruthers. Really enjoyed that. Uh, when we come back, we got more to do. We got our Travis Mannion Foundation honor roll segment. And to wrap up this entire season in the podcast of Yards and Stripes, we'll do that when we come back right here on Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy football. All right, in this episode of the Travis Manning Foundation Honor Roll segment, where we honor and remember a fallen hero, somebody has given the ultimate sacrifice. And as you know, the Travis Manning Foundation is empowering veterans and families of fallen heroes to develop character in future generations. And if you want to be a member of the Travis Manning Foundation, find out how you can make a difference as well. Join them online, travismanion.org. And this week, we're going to honor and remember the life of Philip McGeeth, who gave the ultimate sacrifice uh, while serving our country as a corporal in the United States Marine Corps on January the 18th, 2012. And he made his home in Glendale, Arizona, uh, but grew up in the state of Texas uh, that he loved so much. And Abilene, to be exact, uh, went to Cooper High School, and Abilene loved the University of Nebraska. And he was following in his father's footsteps, who also uh, served uh, in the 
Armed Forces as an airman, and Philip McGeath, who was uh, one or one of six, had five younger brothers, two of which decided to follow in his footsteps uh, and serve in the United States Marine Corps. And he certainly knew the risk <clears throat> that he was taking uh, in joining the Marine Corps uh, ever since his family spent time uh, in Japan while his dad was serving. Um, he was one of those guys that uh, his family describes as straight-up love and concern for everybody. And he was brutally honest, and people accepted that. But you could trust him completely, uh, is what they said. And Philip's love for his wife, Sarah, and his family was exceptional, uh, according to TMF. He never finished a conversation with either Sarah or his mother without asking about the other and his siblings. And as his mother talked about uh, in the Travis Manion Foundation, which they became involved with uh, in a project with TMF, here's his mother, Phyllis, in her own words. He was a helper. He would give anybody his last buck. If you needed a ride, he'd come get you. Just the whole experience was just seemed out of my world. The hard work we put into surviving, we were able to put into providing for this family. And that was Philip McGee's mom, Phyllis. And, you know, the people of Afghanistan reportedly according to his family, uh, just really, really enjoyed uh, Philip, the person he was, uh, that some referred to him as, quote, muscle glasses, end quote. Others referred to him as the one with the big smile, end quote. He also loved teasing the children in the country, and they adored him. As hard as he was on his own brothers and sisters, he loved them a million times more than the bossiness he showed. And his top character strengths listed as honesty, love, and hope. And he is survived by his parents, uh, Phyllis, his mom, and his mother, David, as well as uh, five younger brothers. And again, he was a native of Texas, made his home in Glendale, Arizona. And so we take a step back and honor and remember the life of uh, Corporal Philip Dane McGeeth, 25 years old, gave his life uh, in January 2012, su supporting Operation Enduring Freedom in Afghanistan. Uh, those losses of, of folks like Philip and many, many others who've come before uh, are certainly never forgotten. And so we take this time to remember those who have given the ultimate sacrifice. In 2007, Marine First Lieutenant Travis Mannion was killed in Iraq after saving his wounded teammates. Travis's legacy lives on through the words he spoke before his final deployment, if not me, then who? Words that today fuel the spirit of Travis Mannion Foundation. And through TMF, these words can live in you too. Show the world what you're made of, because character is invisible until it's not. Find out how you can strengthen the character of your community alongside empowered veterans, families of the fallen, and inspired civilians at travismanion.org. All right, folks, it has been a lot of fun with you again this season, our third season of Yards and Stripes. And, man, I have just had an absolute blast with you, especially with so many different moments along the way this season. It has been a ton of fun, and we will do it again next season. But first, just want to give a, a few shout-outs. I want to thank uh, Red Circle uh, for hosting us this season. I want to thank my friend, TJ Reeves for all his help uh, with what we do here. Uh, also want to thank the SIDs at Army, Navy, and Air Force. want to thank them and their staffs for all the help uh, in setting up interviews. Uh, you know, 
each and every week. Uh, and just want to thank everybody for, for being a part of this journey again this season. Uh, most importantly, our listeners, you that are tuning in, downloading, and subscribing Right now, you are the biggest ones to thank because you're the ones that take the time uh, and have the interest to listen every single week. So, you know, just a huge thank you to everybody once again who has helped us grow Yards and Stripes uh, from season one a few seasons ago now to the conclusion of season three. And I appreciate everybody. Had a few technical hiccups along the way this year uh, and was traveling on the road a lot more uh, than in years past. Uh, But just appreciate everybody hanging with me, hanging with the podcast. And, and just your enthusiasm for Army, Navy, and Air Force football and its service uh, members and service academy football and obviously the kids who play it. But also, I want to give a special thank you to the Travis Mannion Foundation. Uh, you know, just cannot thank uh, them enough for all their help. The Travis Mannion Foundation has been a great partner again. Uh, just cannot thank them for what they do, no, not just helping us here and being a partner, uh, but the, the work that they're doing in communities across the country. And if you want to find out how you can get involved, just visit travismannion.org as they are operating in communities, you know, as I mentioned, across the country to, you know, empower veterans and families of fallen heroes to develop character in future generations and you can get involved right there at travismanion.org so many different opportunities to get involved they've got uh, events right there on their homepage. so the travis Mannion foundation thank you again to them but as i said uh you know another fantastic season congratulations to navy obviously winning the commander-in-chief trophy that's what it's about for all three schools you know all three had amazing moments along the way uh, but especially navy and air force finishing the seasons with wins in their final games, winning their bowl games. You know, huge congratulations to those programs and certainly to Jeff Munkin. While the season may not have gone Army's way, uh, they just had some spectacular moments along the way and they will be back again next season. I have no doubt about it. But for myself, Price Atkinson, for the final time this season, thanks again to everybody for making Yards and Stripes your home for Service Academy football. We'll see you and talk to you again down the road. To get more on all things Service Academy football, like Yards and Stripes on Facebook and follow them on Twitter at Yards and Stripes. And as always, you can subscribe to Yards and Stripes on iTunes and Stitcher. Join us again next time for Yards and Stripes Service Academy football.